You know, our passage begins with the words, in the same way. And so what, what Paul is, is a reference back to the, the groaning creation. The thing of creation because of sin. It also uh, talks about groaning of the saints, um, that, we, um, that we our final redemption. And so Paul points out that in the same way as those groanings, the Holy Spirit is groaning, yearning for the day, for the day when we will be purified and, and made the Holy Spirit is desiring that. He's, he's wanting that for us. And, and so here is our problem. Here is our problem. Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit helped us in our weakness. We don't like to think that we have a problem and we don't like to think that we are weak. But we are very weak ways. I mean, there are lots of areas where we are weak. We are weak physically sometimes. If you served all this past week in, in vacation Bible school, you are probably physically weak today. We had a lot of kids here. We had a lot going on. And it was every night. And, and you know, it's, it's all of this stuff. We are physically weak, physically weak, exhausted, and we, we feel like we can't con- continue. And we're weakened by the remnants of sin in our life. We're also weak emotionally. When we, when we find ourselves overwhelmed, it's like, do what can, what can be done? We're also weak spiritually. So physically, emotionally, spiritually, spiritually because we lack faith in the, in the goodness and the will of God's character and in his word. We lack that and so we're, we're spiritually weak. And then you think about this, Paul points, points out that the weakness that, that we have, that we points out specifically though, is our intellectual weakness. Intellectually. Oh, we think we got it all figured out, don't, don't we? Paul says, no, you don't. We have an inability, we have an inability to know what to ask God for, for. I mean, I mean, these are frequent. This happens all the time. Let me give you just a couple of examples. We don't know whether to pray for a, for a person lean or, or God would prepare them and us for the journey home to heaven. We don't know what to pray for them. That's what Paul is saying. We have the inability to know what the will of God is. And so the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Let me give you another one. We don't know whether to pray pray God to provide for our financial needs or to ask him to help us to live more simply within our own resources. We don't know whether to pray for a relationship to develop or to ask God to help wait for something better. We face a crossroads in our lives. We don't know which way to turn. We're at a crossroads. We face an opportunity and we don't know whether to pray for God to give us boldness out in faith or patience to wait on him. So what Paul is saying here, saying here, spirit, is that we don't know how to pray. The reality is we don't know how, what to pray because we don't know what the future holds. We think about this. I mean, if you knew you only had had one year left to live in your life, I'm sure that your prayers would be different than if you thought you had 25 to live. Oh yeah, it would come down to the wire. It would come down to the seriousness. In the same way, think about our church work. 
We're growing. We want, we want to stay ahead of our growth in, in building buildings and things. It would be easier to know what to do and how to pray if, if we knew what the economy was going to do or whether we were going to continue to grow at our present rate. But because we don't know the future, we're sure how to pray. We also don't know what to pray because at any given time in time, we don't know what's best for us. I mean, we know what we prefer at any given moment, but we don't know what's best for our ultimate good. I mean, if you offer most children, you know, uh, a variety of things, if you offer them, let's say nachos and chips and, and, um, and candy or a tray with some fruit, they're probably going to take the candy. I mean, like, likewise, you, we will also choose to avoid difficulties, even though strength and strength and pain is developed through the trials. We want what's easy. We want to press the easy button. We want it handed to us. We want it fed to us. But you see, God sees he's the bigger, and we don't. So that's our problem. We don't know how to pray, and we don't know what's best for us. Best for us. But here's God's solution. Paul tells us that God has given us his Holy Spirit to help, help us in our weakness. He has given us his Holy Spirit to help us in our weakness. And that word help is a very rich word that, that carries, with, carries with the idea of a person who comes alongside another and to take part of the heavy load and to, to help them bear it. So that's what the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit does to us. He comes alongside us, beside us, pick the load up and helps us to bear the load. See, God has given us his Holy Spirit to help us in, in our lives. And, and Paul tells that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Oh, this is something, man. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. So when one person, person intercedes for another, uh, they, go to, they go to a half of that person to reconcile the two parties. So if you are interceding for somebody, you approach one in order to reconcile them to someone else. And so what the, what the Holy Spirit does is he intercedes for us. And, is, and in the Holy Spirit is said to go to the Father on our behalf and to interpret, interpret and voice to the prayers from our heart. Hmm. This is big. Because the Holy Spirit intercedes with groans that words cannot express. You know, some, you know, some people believe this verse is talking about um, what's often called a prayer language uh, or, may, or maybe a form of, of speaking in tongues, if you will, as if you will. That's not the case because we are told that the groaning is, such a is of such a nature that the words cannot be expressed in any language. See, the Holy Spirit, Spirit communes with the Father in a very deep, deep, intimate, wordless language that we cannot comprehend or even express. That's what it says. If we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. But Paul tells us also that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and he prays for us effectively on our behalf because he prays according to the will of God. Oh, the will of God. 
I mean, the Holy Spirit knows what is best for our life. He knows what's best for me. He knows what's best for you, for you. God's plan for us. He knows the, the purpose, every event, every situation in our life. And the Holy Spirit prays for God to accomplish his work in, in us. I mean, if you jump down to verse 34, same chapter in Romans 8. Says, who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is his he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is who is at the end of God, who also intercedes for us. <laughs> so we have earthly assistance down here below. We have the, the, the Holy Spirit interceding for us for us here. We also have Jesus Christ interceding for us in heavenly places. So we have the, the we have help here, help here, help there. And I think that's, that's big. I picture the Holy Spirit as being like an editor. Okay? Think about this. The, the, the editor, what is for a writer? You know, the, the, writer, the writer words down on a page with, with the intention of conveying a, a particular concept or, or truth. And the editor takes the work of the writer and he cor- corrects it grammatically. He puts it all the way, all the way. He may even focus it. He may cut words out. He makes changes and revisions. will actually help the real message through all of this pile of words. Think about it. That's kind of like what the Holy Spirit does with our prayers. An editor, an editor's work, the writing sharper and more focused. And many times the work of the editor expresses the heart and the intention than the author's own words. It seems like the Holy Spirit does that. He edits our prayers and makes them more effective. The Spirit polishes our work, sends it to the, it to the Father in perfect form. <laughs> I love that. So here's some helpful principles for prayer. I just want to list some of these and you can write them down if you want, but um, you know that we can draw from this passage. The first thing I would say is this, is that God wants us to pray. God wants us to pray. I mean, after all that's been said, it kind of seems a little bit tempting for us to conclude that maybe prayer is a little you know, superfluous, that maybe it's a little just uh, you know, tri- trivial, that we don't have to do this. If the Lord knows our, knows our heart, but if the Spirit is praying for us and doing so more effectively than we can do our, we can do our peer that we don't need to pray. But I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, we need to pray. And remember that we are told that the Holy Spirit helps us weakness. The Holy Spirit does not eliminate the need for prayer. The Holy Spirit helps us as we pray. He helps us as we pray. And, and, and no matter how good, how good an edit is, the editor can do nothing without the original words of the author. We have to give the Holy, the Holy Spirit to work with. See, if, if the Holy Spirit, he cannot augment or make better our prayers if there are no prayers to make better. See, God knows our weakness. He understands our limited perspective. We can't even see into this afternoon and evening, much less down the, down, the, down the road in the future. But in spite of all this, our Father still calls us to talk with him. How many times during the week have you heard, 
Have you been nudged by the Holy Spirit toward prayer and said, you know what, I'll get to that later. I'll do that later. I got this one on right now. I can't do it right now. He's nudging us and saying, go, go pray. Go pray for this person. Feed for them so that I'll have something to work with in their life. And we ignore it. And we act like it's no big deal. And we're not even grieved that we do what the Holy Spirit has, call, has called us to do. God wants us to pray. You know, it's kind of like this. If, you're, if your little toddler <laughs> comes up to you and he starts chatting away. Blah, 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 blah. You have no idea what he's saying. Do you tell him? Oh, oh, don't talk to me. No, no, of course not. You love that. Come and talk to me. I'm going to try and figure out what you're saying. I imagine our Heavenly Father is the same way. Ridge, I'm to figure out what you're saying, buddy. The Holy Spirit here to intercede and interpret this. Or maybe your older child, you know, may come and ask for something, something you cannot give them because you know that it's something that is bad for them. Do you tell them, hey, stop asking. You know, you're asking for the wrong things. No, you, you encourage them. You say, you say come and, and talk to me about this, about this. And we love spending time with our children and our grandchildren. And we love talking to them at any time. And God wants you to talk to him because he loves you. Grading your prayers. He's listening to your, to your heart. He wants to hear wants to hear going on in your heart. See, we need to understand the purpose of prayer. Sometimes we're frustrated because we misunderstand what prayer is. We think, we think of it as getting God to change his mind. mind. God doesn't change his mind. His way is always, always perfect. To change his mind would be to turn, turn away from what's right and what is good. See, we don't have to coerce God or cajole God into answering our prayers. He, he delights in answering our prayers. Just like you delight in responding to your children's requests. I mean, my heart melts when one of my grandkids say, Paul, can I have some ice cream? Oh, oh you bet, baby, you bet. Let's go get some. Because I will too. That's, it's God answers. He, he delights in our prayers. He delights when we come and talk to him. You know, I, I think this is huge because prayer, prayer doesn't God's mind, but it changes, it changes. Prayer gives us the opportunity to talk things through with God. It, 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 it calms our hearts. It gets it effective and it, po- it points us in the right direction. You see, prayer does change circumstances. Pray we can bring God's blessing into our lives, our lives, into the lives of those around us. See, when we pray for someone, God imparts strength and healing to that person. When we pray over the difficult circumstances of our lives, God sometimes changes the circumstances and he sometimes changes us so that we can benefit from the circumstances. And see, I don't have to, I don't have to do a, a, a poll. I don't have to ask you to raise your hand. We have all, all experienced 
seeing the answers to our prayers. We know that prayer works. We've seen the proof in it. And yet, many times, times we don't. We need to pray. We need to pray. See, effective prayer seeks God's will. God's will is the spirit. And our struggle is in finding God's will. We don't know what God's will might be for someone else's life. And we struggle to find what the God's will is for our, for our life. But effective prayer seeks, seeks God's will. And one of the great prayer warriors of the church, and this is where I'm thankful for those who have, who have walked this journey before us, for us. Those saints who have, who have gone before us, um, George Mueller, he gives his simple method of determining God's will. And, and, and this is great stuff. So just, just, just think of us, write this down if you want. He says the, first, says the first to do, if we are seeking God's will, determining the will of God, get your heart into such a state that it has no will of its own in a given matter. We gotta get the selfish, selfishness out. We gotta get rid of that. We've got to get our heart into such a place that it has no will of its own. Ready to do the Lord's will, whatever it may be, nine-tenths of the difficulties have already been taken care of. You've settled it in your mind. I'm gonna do his, do his will, what? Secondly, he says, ask God to reveal his will to you. <laughs> if you don't know what God's will is, ask him. Ask him. Father, what is your will in this? Third, I would say this. Resolve, resolve not on feelings alone. Oh, we like that, don't we? That emotion. Oh, we like our feelings our feelings, though, are short-sighted, they're often self-centered, and they're, and they're fickle. You know why? Because we're going to do what we feel is best, best for us. All not to rely on feelings. Fourthly, I would say this. Ask for the Spirit's guidance as you study the Scripture. The Holy Spirit and the Word must be combined. If the Holy Spirit guides us, he will, ne he will never do anything uh, contrary to the scriptures. When the Holy Spirit is guiding us, he's going to be in, in um, the congru congruent scriptures. He's going to be full into the scripture. In other words, if the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it will not be contrary to God's word. I would also say, look at the circumstances in your life. Look at the circumstances in your life. I mean, are there open doors that you may need to walk through? Has God already revealed something, revealed something to you you just don't want to do? And you're putting it off? Are there some other, other circumstantial signs as to the direction, the direction leading you and taking you in? Look at what's going on in your life. Look at your stage of life. Look at, look at what, where you live. Look at all the different things that are going on in your, li in your life. And lastly, consider all these things and make the best decision you know how. If you take all of these, all of these and, and practice all of them, consider them and make the best decision you know how. If after bringing it to the Lord, you have his peace, act accordingly. Do that. Because you've put it, because you've put it, the rigors of those filters. You know, these verses in Romans 8 they're wonderful promises for those who trust in Christ. 
And their promises, they are only promises to followers of Jesus Christ. Think about this. The only person who has been given the Holy Spirit as an an intercessor is the one who has received Christ as his Savior and follows him as his Lord. The Holy Spirit does not intercede for non-believers. Those who have not accepted Christ's sacrifice, those who have not repented of their sins, those who have just been going through life, they do not have the Holy Spirit to intercede for them. But when we receive Christ into our hearts, into our lives, we receive the Holy Spirit. For the believer, we understand, understand God has to be stressed out over prayer. He's not concerned about the words we use or how, how smooth we pray or, or even whether or not we understand his will for us in a particular situation. He just wants us to talk to him. And the Holy Spirit within us and our Savior in heaven will do this. So instead of being afraid to pray, we will, we will say the wrong thing, you know, or, or, or we're not, we don't sound right or whatever. Folks, we can pray, pray boldly and honestly. Because we have this editor, we have the interpreter, we have the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't learn more about prayer because we should. We should. You know, the babbling child must learn how to talk clearly. The teacher must learn to make wise choices. And in the same way, we should mature in our communication with the Father. You know, I'm all in here. But when a couple first gets married, you know, regarding communication, sometimes they always say, oh, oh we communicate about everything. We communicate about everything. But then within a year or two, sometimes I hear, we don't communicate anymore. We just just don't. We don't talk about about anything. We sometimes say say things, and we sometimes aren't received. Those things aren't received the way we meant them. I mean, if we're honest, guys, we stink at this. Okay? And and, and the problem is, is, you know, (laughs) we try to be honest, and we get, in, we get in trouble. In a married relationship, we have to learn how best to communicate with our spouses. And I know that I personally would love for the Holy Spirit to edit and filter and refine find my when I speak to my wife. You know, it, I would love that. You know, interpreting my, my heart and what I really meant to say Instead of what just came out of my mouth. I really got to quit doing that. I wish the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit would my marriage relationship the way he does it in my spiritual relationship with the Father. What takes time in our marriage also so takes time in our spiritual life. We need, we need to work to pray without being afraid to pray. Our prayers may not be on, be on target. But you know what God, what God offended? He listens to your heart rather than your words. We need to think differently about prayer. It's sort of like education. Sometimes we conclude that the person with the best grades or the most degrees is educated. 
Folks, that's not always the case. Some people don't do well with tests. Some people learn experience than from book. Than from book. Some people have a lifestyle of learning and we simply cannot judge a person's education or ability simply by the certificate on their wall. In the same way, we cannot judge a prayer by the words, but by the heart. The Holy Spirit is absolutely extraordinary. I mean, I agree with John Piper when he says this. He says, God's doing a thousand things in your, li- in your life. You're only aware of two of these. Folks, there's another 998 things that's going on in the invisible world of the Spirit around you, around you, invisible world of heaven on the other, the other side of the veil, things which we are totally unaware of. That God is doing through it. Through his son and son and ever prayed for you like the Holy Spirit. And no one has ever pleaded with the Father more on target and with deeper groanings and passion than the Holy Spirit. Even as he's praying during this message, your eyes would be opened and that your mind would be renewed. And that you would have an increased understanding of something even more of what he, the Holy Spirit, is doing in your life. Even when you're not thinking, not thinking about it. when you are not consciously aware that he is doing it. See, the point is this. Is God doesn't want us putting our thoughts on how we pray. God wants us to focus on to whom we are, we are praying. When we focus on the Lord, we're going to stop focusing on our words and simply enjoy our conversation with our head father who loves, loves us so very, very much. Would you pray with me? Loving father, I thank you for this time and I thank you for your word. Father, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us. Father, I'm thankful that through the Holy Spirit, you know my heart. Father, I ask that even in this moment, you would draw us to you. Holy Spirit would intercede for us on our behalf to the Father. Father, that that our hearts would be turned to you and that we would recognize how selfish we truly are. Father, that we would recognize how much love we lack for you and for our fellow man. Father, that our hearts would be pierced through that you have done so much, so much for you're constantly at work. You're doing, you're doing so that we can't even see or comprehend for our good. And yet, Father, we doubt. And Father, Father we, we think that you are like us, like us. That you're self-centered, that, that somehow, that, that, that you, you just want one. 
Father, I pray that we would be grieved because we have not prayed like we should pray. Holy Spirit, we've not given you anything, you anything to There's no words to edit. There's no words to cut out because we haven't spent time with you. So Father, I pray that you would lead us to a place of prayer that your children would delight in their father and that we would make our requests known to you knowing that you are more than able to do beyond anything we could think or ask according to your riches in glory. Father, your word says we have not, we ask not. So Father, I'm asking that this would be a house of prayer and that we would repent of not praying and talking to you. Guide us, Father, as we move towards a time of response. I pray that we would respond, we would respond to your Holy Spirit immediately whenever he nudges us. Thank you, Father, you, Father, for the comforter and guide us and guide us in you to seek you. In Jesus' name. Amen.